Let me get this straight. If I want to sell you some of my oil, I have to pay you to take it? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Serenbeck. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of April 27, 2020, and just when you thought you couldn't add anything more to our crazy things of the market list, we have another one for you. Oil prices went negative. The markets are so interesting right now. They are interesting. I'm a, I'm a little bit skeptical of this current topic, but try to impress me. Okay. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant then. Crude oil WTI fell 335% on Tuesday, and futures contracts went negative for the first time ever. So throw out everything you learned about options pricing. Throw out Black Shoals. It's all useless. And that's because there was no place to put oil. Literally, you had to pay someone money to take delivery of oil. No one ever thought that this could happen. So everyone was so surprised and confused. And it brought up major solvency questions about a, a major oil ETF, USO, and others. And that led to all these questions about what would happen if a big ETF went out of business. Like, who's going to take delivery of all of that oil? And who's supposed to do that when contracts expire? And despite this risk, money just kept pumping into USO. <laughs> so, yes, that's very dramatic. And um, for our listeners, in case you're wondering, when uh, when Robert gets really excited about a topic, this is exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it's such good gossip. Yeah, it's. It is good gossip, and there there really is a lot going on in oil markets right now, and it teaches us some pretty important lessons about current and, and future investing opportunities. It's just, in my view, it gives us very little information about whether I should invest in the energy sector. Ah, oh, you're never into my stuff. How can an asset price fall 335% and not give you any new information about the related sector? Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's a big price move. And I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. It is really interesting. But it's important context to say that the energy sector has seen dramatic price moves already in recent years, specifically in 2015 and 16. And ever since then, the energy sector has faced price pressures and higher borrowing costs as well. So yeah, it's interesting, but the dynamic for the sector is years old. Uh, here it comes. LG is about to school us on something big picture, something or other. I just, I just think that the more important story here is that oil prices are signaling a reality of global demand destruction that's way more dire than what other risk assets, such as U.S. equity, are really reflecting in their prices. Oh, all right. So I'll give you credit for that and say that energy oil accounts for 3% of the S&P 500 these days. It's closer to 8 or 9% in high-yield indices. But it's also shrunk a lot there in the past several years. And I'd argue that the sector has been pricing in what you're describing about the current and five years ago price dislocation for some time now. Right. And all that means that the risk and stress that this sector is feeling actually maybe won't spread as directly to other sectors in the economy. And look, 
demand will return eventually. I think not all of it will come back, or at least not in the same way. And and that impacts certain countries more than others, like energy exporters, for example. Um, but we will see some improvement in prices. And overall, it's just it's a more important implication for cross-asset conversations rather than for energy as a whole in a multi-asset portfolio. Now it's time for the Portfolio Pause, a section in the program where we share an investment idea. And last week, the question we received most was, should I buy oil? I'm going to keep it short for you. No. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, it's a bit of a trick question, or at least it has a trick answer. Retail investors probably shouldn't ever buy oil, the physical commodity, that is. Oh, wow. I'm going to need you to break that down. All right. First of all, just a bit of context. When you buy oil in the market, you're not actually buying a barrel of oil for the real commodity. You're buying a futures contract. That means that at some point in the future, at a predetermined price and predetermined date, someone's going to deliver you oil. For many investors, that means you may not be getting exactly the exposure you thought you were when you're buying popular futures contract ETFs on oil. Right. Like, I don't want oil delivered to my house on June 1st. (laughs) Exactly. So instead then, how do you think about investing in the oil sector? Is it investing in energy equities, for example? Yeah, that's exactly right. I would invest in equities. It's giving you more diversified exposure. You're getting exposure to the production process, the use of the petroleum in products, and several different countries that are also involved in the exploration and extraction of oil. Okay, so we've already talked about how the sector has been struggling for several years, and energy equities have arguably been discounting a lower oil price around like $15 a barrel for a significant period of time now. But now the situation's worse. Oversupply and lack of storage mean that producers might have to stop producing. And companies will have to cut dividends and even stop investing. Well, that's where I think an investment idea or implication comes in. It it can certainly be tempting to say that this couldn't possibly get worse, but I'm not really seeing the structural or long-term reasons to invest. If we have slowing global growth, a trend towards renewable energy, I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, some competitors are out there peddling a bullish story for oil in 2021, thinking that we'll quickly rebound to $50 a barrel. We're not there yet. Uh, You'd need to see a massive economic growth or you'd need to knock out a very big producer. Um, And there's really no enforcement mechanism for uh, OPEC plus the the group of countries that I referred to earlier. But if you want to take a view on oil, uh, energy equities are, are definitely the way to do that. Coming up this week, it's Fed Week. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot that the Fed exists after so much activity, Fed-induced activity on off weeks. I could never forget that it's Fed Week, obviously. Um, we aren't expecting any new economic projections during this meeting. It's not the schedule for that. That'll be next meeting. But I'm interested to hear their thoughts on how things are going lately. They're, they're going to be focused on crisis implementation, obviously, with all of the policies that they've put into place. I'm also interested to see which photo background Jay Powell uses for his home office on Zoom. Last time, it was a library of nerdy Fed books, uh, but it was obviously just a picture, which is pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Uh, while you're watching for that and seeing what the background is going to be, I'll be watching for earnings to come in. Last week, a handful of companies, some in the energy sector, announced that they're cutting dividends. Uh, we'll talk about dividends on an upcoming podcast, but in the meantime, we see 816 companies out of 3,000 report quarterly results this week, including five of the largest stocks in the S&P 500 index. These are very large companies and have been considered COVID-proof by investors, and that's pushed their uh, valuations higher. So I'll be eyeing whether management has any interesting insights on their path through this crisis. Well, that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, hit us up on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at NewYorkLifeInvestments.com slash blog. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbeck. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamons, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York, 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.